Hello, I'm Kay. I'm a member here at Central. I'm married to Stuart, mum to Declan and Sammy, walker of Scout the Border Terrier and follower of Jesus. And it is really good to be with you just now. Um, I don't know how you've been doing with Hebrews over the last few weeks. If I'm honest, I probably found it just a little bit like lockdown. Um, it's been hard going at times that I really needed to dig in. But when I have, there has been a lot of good stuff to engage with. And I hope that you'll find that today as well. The writer to the Hebrews has been so keen to encourage people to keep going. And, and they are obviously somebody who knows their stuff. They've been telling us again and again how Jesus is better than anyone or anything that they could compare to. And therefore, keeping their eyes fixed on Jesus and keeping going, trusting in him, is what this writer wants to pay attention to, get them to pay attention to. And where their attention's going today um, gives us a wee bit of insight into the lives of the Christians that this letter was originally written to. It becomes obvious that these people have really known what it has been like to know that Jesus is better than anything else. So let, let me read you from Hebrews 10, verses 32 to 34. It says, Remember those early days, after you had received the light, when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. All through this letter, the writer's just been saying, keep going, keep going. Keep trusting, keep following Jesus again and again and again. I don't know about you, but I really need that encouragement. Every time the restrictions change at the moment and the press is just full of how awful this is, I need people to remind me that there is good to be found in every day and that God is not constrained by COVID restrictions, that he is still on his throne. I need people to remind me of that. It was my wedding anniversary last week and if I was living on a memory from 24 years ago when Stuart told me he loved me at the top of some church aisle, I would have shriveled and died inside by now. I need the encouragement and the reminder of being told that I am loved again and again. A few years ago I tried to get my health knocked into shape and I went to one of these weekly classes and every single week I needed to go because my class was on a Saturday morning. Usually by about the Tuesday, I was ready to give up. I needed that encouragement. Who's encouraging you at the moment to keep going in your faith and to keep trusting in who God says he is? I wonder if that's something that some of us need to reconsider just now. Maybe the current restrictions have left us just that bit more isolated than we mean to be. And whether that's reconnecting with community, joining in with a community for the first time, or going looking for a particular person that could um, help and encourage and speak truth to us, that might this might be the time to do that. Please don't think that you can do this Christian life on your own. We can't, and we shouldn't really even be trying. So the writer here is wanting to encourage them, and encouraging them by asking them to look back and to look forward. To look back to what they were like in their early days 
of following Jesus. It's, the writer says, remember those early days. Now, I don't know about you, I need to be careful about looking back because I can get stuck. Um, I can be nostalgic. I can sometimes be a little bit rose-tinted. Some of us might be, when when we look back, that we simply are faced with, with past trauma. Others of us are just a bit blank. We, we either have blotted things out or we, we don't remember. But these Christians are being directed back to a particular time for a particular reason um, in order for God to do something in them now, to the early days of their faith when everything in the garden was definitely not rosy. Some of the things that it's really clear from the passage that happened, it's clear that they experienced terrible suffering, that there was public ridicule, that they were beaten, that they had supported others through trauma and that they had lost everything. That was the reality for believers at that time in the early church. There was persecution, real danger to their lives for following Jesus. And that is true for people in the world today still. Um, the charity Open Doors says that there are about 260 million Christians across the world in countries that they have identified there is either very high or extreme likelihood of persecution. Last year, that number was about 245 million. Now it's 260 million. So that is on the increase. The reality that following Jesus is dangerous um, is true for many of our Christian family. And we need to pray for them. Uh, today, as we read this passage, knowing that this is still real and live. The writer to these Hebrew Christians identifies for us that they had accepted that suffering with joy and that there was something joyful and precious about that experience that the writer really wants them to remember at that time. There was something about their love and steadfastness that they are to remember and to bring with them into the way that they're living now. Persecution seems to have done something really quite significant for them. It's, it's deepened their experience of community. They've partnered with those who have been mistreated. They've stood with them. They've identified with them and supported them. They've become more compassionate. They've actively cared for those that are in prison. They've demonstrated great resilience. It seems like they have joyfully accepted the hard stuff that's come to them. And they've sharpened their priorities, the things of greatest value, couldn't be stolen from them. William Barclay says that it is easier to stand adversity than it is to stand prosperity. And the ease has ruined far more men than trouble ever did. Comfort is not our friend. We do need to take care of ourselves, but that doesn't mean hiding away from the reality of how things are. And we do need to ensure that we care for our emotional, our mental and our physical health. But that doesn't involve hiding away from the reality of life. We care for ourselves so that we can stand in the thick of things, not pretend that they're not happening. And, and they were being called to remember what they once were at their best. What was that for you? When do you think you were at your best? in following Jesus. It might be now for those that have found faith in these last months. The way that you've learned to follow Jesus in adversity might be just the way that you need to continue hungry and leaning on him because you do not know how to navigate these days. For some of us, it's about remembering back 
to what it was like when we first started to follow Jesus, when we had been transformed from darkness to light really very recently and we remembered what it was like to live without Jesus, where the reality of what Jesus had done for us was transforming every day. Maybe there's something of that for you to remember and to recall now. For some of us, it might be that refreshed faith that comes from a deepening understanding that we got at an issue camp, at a festival, on a mission trip. Or maybe there have been times where we've really had to rely on God and every day we've needed fresh grace and fresh provision um, and we've trusted in him like we've never trusted in him before or maybe again. I don't know about you, but that question, what am I like at my best? It's quite a hard one to answer at the moment because I am really quite far from my best. I've been working at home on my own through a screen for more than seven and a half months and I'm an extrovert. I'm not allowed to have people in my house. Uh, My children are going through big changes and it's hard for them. Um, I've got kind of low-level health stuff going on. And last week we tried to go on holiday for the first time this year and had to come home because of self-isolation requirements for COVID. I am definitely not at my best and I'm not sure that I am going to be in this period and probably you aren't either. And I don't really think that that's what the writer is saying here. It's not about me becoming my best, but about looking to God and asking him to remind us of the times that our hearts have been fully his and that he has been given access to every area of our lives where he has been big and we have submitted to him. It's that kind of time that we're being asked to remember here. So when was that for you? What did that look like? Well, that's that's not actually a rhetorical question. I'm going to give you a minute just now, a real actual awkward minute where I'm going to be quiet and you have the opportunity to turn to somebody in the room with you just now, or maybe to jot down some notes or maybe to record into your phone. When actually do you think you were at your best when it came to trusting in Jesus. What did that look like? Your reliance on him and your readiness to make him Lord over everything. So you've got about a minute just now. On you go and take that time to share or to record what that was like and what it was that was special about that time that God might want to call you back to now. about just past halfway, got a wee bit longer. your time gone that might have been the longest minute that you've ever lived or it might have only begun to scratch the surface of what you want to remember but let's ask the Lord what is it 
about the way that I have followed you in the past, that you might call me to again in the present and going forward. Because the writer to the, the Hebrew Christians also asks them to look forward, to look ahead, beyond how things are now to what's to come. Now, that's pretty hard for us to do at the moment. We're being told not to agree to 2021 until we've seen the terms and conditions. We're being told it's too early to think about Christmas. Some of us don't know whether there will be a job for us next year, if we'll get a holiday, if we'll be able to visit close family, all that kind of stuff. And so it makes total sense for us just now to live for today and for tomorrow and to just simply do what we can with the time that we can influence. And, and, and that's good. And yet it can make our head go down and we can stop seeing that which lies ahead that is true and is real and is yet to come. The writer is saying, look way ahead to what God has got planned, to when Jesus returns, to when you will be with him forever, when you receive your reward, when there's no more suffering, sorrow, pain or sickness and you'll be with him forever. God has put eternity into our hearts. We're not made for the here and now. No wonder we find it hard when we can't see ahead to what's to come. And yet we can, because we can lift our eyes and see to the things that God has said about what he has got for us forever. Right now, there's a time of waiting and working. There's trial in that. We might try to cushion ourselves from that, but that's unlikely to have us at our best. We might be able to distract ourselves from how things really are, but that's not what life is for. Life is a journey towards not God, not a destination in itself. There's a little bit in the passage today that I'm just going to read for you just now. It's a summary of some words from Habakkuk in the Old Testament. Verses 37 and 38 of Hebrews 10 says this. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And, but my righteous one will live by faith and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. The writer's telling us that faith is really important. They're going to go on in the next chapter we'll look at next week and um, to tell us all about people who have had that faith thing nailed. But today they're simply saying faith is really important. It's about God's faithfulness to us first and then our faithfulness back to him. The faithfulness of God that lasts and is sure no matter how faithful or faithless we are and yet that we are called back to that place of responding to God's faithfulness, to be people of faith. That where we started the Christian life in having nothing to put our trust in other than God's work in us and for us is how we continue and how ultimately our, our destiny will end. All about faith. Now, over the years of being a Christian, maturity should grow. Um, and that's good. That's a great thing. But often alongside maturity, self-reliance, and familiarity and a sense that we've earned a place in God's kingdom can somehow start to creep in even though we don't mean it. And so the writer would say again today, remember it's all about faith, not about what you have done to earn or done or not done to disqualify, but about the faith that you bring into the work of Jesus, about eternity being spent with Jesus. The way that we began the Christian life is how we live it today. So if it's all about faith, 
What do we want God to do in and with our faith today? How might he reawaken or strengthen the way that we live out our faith in the days to come? Well, I'd love to pray for us that we would be able to send something of that, either as we, we pray beyond what we've heard today or as we engage with prayer ministry, um, that, that I would love us um, to ask God that question. What do you want us to recapture so that we might live in to the things that you've got for us going forward? But I think just before I pray, I want just to acknowledge some of the things that might actually have got in the way. They've been stumbling blocks to our faith um, in the past. Um, they've maybe stunted our faith. That might be cynicism that's dulled our enthusiasm, doubts which have eroded our faith, forgetfulness which meant, meant that we've not been grateful for the things that God's done, fear that's distracted us from trusting him, comfort which has meant that we've taken things for granted and we've been immune to the needs of other people, comparison which meant that we've held things tightly and we've not been ready to meet the needs of others or we've wanted more for ourselves. Compromise, which means that we haven't risked for God in the way that he would ask us to. And our confidence, which has meant that we haven't needed him like really we have. Many of those things will have got in the way for us and thank goodness there is forgiveness and fresh start always in the presence of God. But I'd love to pray for us just now that God would show us if any of those things have been creeping in and would reawaken us in us the things that he has done in us, placed in us, so that we would move forward with greater hope and greater faith in him for the days to come. Let me pray for us. Thank you, Lord, that you began a good work in me which you promise to bring to completion. Lord, would you forgive us when we have been the biggest obstacles to that work in our lives, whether it's been through lack of faith or distraction. We confess to you just now the things that have stunted our faith. Lord, we choose to give ourselves again to your work in and through our lives. Not by our efforts, not by trying to be enough. Lord, would you remind us of how you love us? Would you remind us of the truth that you've spoken over our lives? The things that you've done in us and for us. Lord, we want to meet with you. We want to go with you into the days ahead in faith. Faith in who you are and faith in what you can do. Would you grow that in us even today? Amen. Can I encourage you to do just one thing as we finish? That person that you were speaking to earlier or the person that you might share the notes that you made earlier, would you also share with them that which you think God is calling you to now? to strengthen your faith? What is it that you spotted as you looked back that you know he's calling you to as you look forward? Share that with them and ask them to help and encourage you as you go forward with that. If there's not anybody that springs to mind, you're gonna hear in a minute about how you can uh, have somebody pray for you before the gathering ends. And please, please, please take advantage of that.